You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. All right, welcome back. So I'm Ben, and actually taking a different approach today, I'm actually recording live with a guest, which is not what I typically do. But I'm here with Chase Diamond, the co-founder of Boundless Labs. They are incredibly well-respected as an email marketing agency for e-commerce brands. They do a ton within the Shopify ecosystem. And Chase, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So Chase, just before we dive into like the fun stuff today, I've got a couple questions lined up for you, but can you tell us a little bit about the types of brands that you work with that are, I don't know if you're allowed to actually share some of the names you work with. I know it's a really impressive list. Yeah. So right now we work with a little bit north of about 50 e-com brands. Our brands typically do between seven to nine figures. And a couple examples of brands that we currently work with in the past so one that we currently work with right now is called CrossNet. I believe you might have had Chris on the show before. They're a great team, you know, eight-figure brand, really cool, kind of a sport. In the past, we worked with the Chive on their e-commerce brand, the Chivery. And then we also currently work with like Poopery. Previously worked with Borgain. So uh, we work with Nugs. A lot of really cool brands that you know I've idolized and looked up to. So very fortunate to get to work with them. Nice. Did you say Nugs? Yeah, so not to be confused <laughs> with marijuana, but Nugs has in. <laughs> The plant-based chicken nugget alternative. Yeah, no, I've been following them for a while. I love what they're doing. That's awesome. And we're close with the CrossNet guys. They've been on the show a little bit and always do a little bit back and forth with their founder, Chris. So it's cool. Awesome. So, you know, I want to get your take on two things specifically today, but one more background question, I think, that's educational for the listeners. So I want to understand, like, I know you're a, a fan of specificity and like really owning one thing specifically, right? And so for your agency, Boundless, you guys really honed in on email marketing. How'd you choose email? Like, why'd you start there? Yeah, so previously to this agency, I had two others before, and we kind of were, were general, right? We did email, SMS, influencers, paid, like whatever you wanted to pay us to do, we would do. And after those two agencies, I did some reflection of like, man, I don't really like being this jack of all trades. Like every time I talk to friends or clients or family, no one actually knows what it is that we do. But I think there's a problem with that. And I was looking at like what has been at the core of my you know, existence in marketing since day one. I mean, it really was email. And I started actually on the cold email side, sending you know, millions and millions of cold emails to build forums, newsletters, Facebook groups, and communities. So email is really that thing for me that I fell in love with. It was the thing that I always gravitated towards because I was pretty good at it. So we kind of went all in on e-commerce email about three years ago. And unfortunately, it's been the best decision I could have ever made. So just out of interest and also kind of necessity to pick one thing, email kind of related to me. And I always kind of give this example. Email to me is that channel that is so personal, even though it's one to many, it feels like one to one if you do it right. And essentially what I mean is if you're on Facebook, right, and you're running a Facebook ad, someone's going to be distracted by a post from their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their friend or coworker, et cetera, right? And then you'll see ads on Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, and they are effective. But within email, if I send you an email, Ben, and I can get you to open it through you know, a subject line that's enticing or interesting, obviously it needs to be relevant to the content. It can't be clickbaity. I have your attention in that email, just me and you on screen. Obviously off screen, you have you know, a baby in the background or you have a friend or a team member slacking you, right? But in the email, I get your attention for two seconds, 30 seconds, a couple of minutes, depending on 
how engaging the content is. So long-winded, that's what I really loved about email is the fact that I could hit a thousand people, a hundred thousand people, a million people and make it personalized to each person on the receiving end. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Recently was like thinking about e-commerce as a whole and I described it as, you know, you try to get people to your store, some of them buy, most of them don't. And email is like a great way to hit them in direct marketing that's kind of one-to-one to bring them back. So I love the way that you phrase that. Yeah, and totally like I still get giddy when I'm working with a client. We click send and you just kind of see see the revenue come from it. So I'm with you, right? I'm betting long-term on email. <laughs> cool. And yeah, so it looked like I was just doing some research. It looked like you've helped those clients drive 50 million specifically from email, which is amazing. So I figured the two questions that I wanted to focus in on today, I want to know, Chase, what are the top three mistakes that you or your brands have made when it comes to email marketing? Oh man, just three. We've made probably dozens of mistakes. But (laughs) I think the three that first come to mind, the one that I always harp on is brands not segmenting their list, right? People just batch and blast and they think that's okay. And that's obviously not okay for a lot of reasons, right? Basically, email is dependent upon your deliverability. So by batching and blasting, you will not have longevity of your email channel. By also batching and blasting, you're kind of casting too wide of a net and sending everyone the exact same content, which is going to force people to opt out. Or if they don't opt out, you know the click-through is probably going to be a lot lower than it would be if you had segmented your list. So the first tip I always give, I think this is one of the biggest mistakes I see, whether it's a brand that's doing million dollars a year, even brands that are doing you know $50 million a year in terms of total revenue are just not segmenting their list, their list kind of properly. So I think that's one. Two, I think people have like this weird thing of like, they put themselves in their shoes a lot, which obviously is good to be kind of compassionate and, and empathetic, but they're not sending enough campaigns per week, right? They think about themselves on the receiving end. And they're like, well, I don't like receiving two or three emails a week from a brand. So I'm only going to send you know one email a week, or I'm only going to send two or three emails a month. Typically, I think email with a lot of brands is an afterthought. They're like, oh, if I'm free this week, I'll send an email. Or if I'm free that week, you know, maybe I'll send two emails. So I think not having a consistent kind of ongoing cadence and not sending enough emails per week leaves brands having a lot of revenue on the table, right? There's so much more money that they could be making by sending a little bit more frequently than they think. So don't be scared. Send more campaigns and really look at the data. You know, monitor the open rates, the click-throughs. You know, the positive engagements like those, but also look at things like what are the opt-out, what are the unsubscribes, what are the marked as spam? Are people complaining to customer support that you're sending too many emails per week? So for example, like in a sign-up form, you know, if you say you're going to send a weekly email and you start sending daily, there is going to be a mismatch there, right? You promise weekly, you're sending daily, there's going to probably be some issues. So I would say if you can start with one email per week, that looks good, send the second email per week, you know, and so on and so forth until you kind of face that resistance kind of that friction, that resistance from brands. But that's kind of how I think about it. So most of our brands have between a two to four or three to five campaigns a week. And then the last one I would say in, in email, I think a lot of people come to me like, hey, you've done all this revenue. Like, give me that one thing that's going to drive me tons of revenue. You know, and unfortunately, there's really no such thing as a silver bullet. You need to do a lot of things really, really well that will incrementally stack up. You need to send enough campaigns per week. You need to have the right touch points on both pre-purchase and post-purchase for flows. You need to have a form right that collects at an optimal rate, depending on what you're kind of optimizing for. So those are the kind of the first three kind of general email mistakes that come to mind. And then one kind of copywriting mistake that I was just thinking of right now was 
basically, if you're sending to a list of, say, of 50,000 or 100,000 or whatever the number is, people make the mistake of thinking that they're talking to the whole list instead of writing copy where it's for one person, not to the crowd. Those are kind of the ones in mind. I love it. I love it. There's so much good stuff in here, right? So I think like marketing in general, you can't put yourself in your customer shoes frequency because that's not really true most of the time. So I think frequency and ramping that up, that's a really good tidbit there. Starting at 1x per week, I'm just kind of recapping for the listeners, but it's crisp, right? So start with 1x, look at your unsubscribe rate, your marked as spam. And if that looks good, then you know try increasing to two. And then, yeah, don't speak to the entire list. Does that go hand in hand with segmentation, though? Like, you know, the best way to speak to a specific group of people is probably to segment. Yeah, 100%. And a couple segments that we frequently hit, you have, right, your, your engaged segment. So if you're using a 30, 60, 90 day engaged, essentially what that means is someone has opened or clicked over the last 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever the segment is. And the way that we pick kind of the engaged segment is based on trying to hit a 20% open rate on the campaign, right? So we're essentially having to test a couple of different campaigns. And the one that allows us to net a 20% open rate is the one we hit because you know being at or above a 20% open rate consistently is better for your you know deliverability and whatnot. So that's kind of how that's the main segment that we'll hit. Other segments outside of that, it might be something like geography. So I'm based over here on the West Coast in California, right? And it's you know sunny and 75, you know, 99% of the year. So if you're an apparel brand, right, that has people on the West Coast and the East Coast, in the winter, you probably could still get away sending to people like myself, like flip-flops and shorts and t-shirts. Whereas in, on the East Coast, you're going to want to share beanies and sweatpants and sweaters, right? So you know, geography plays a role. Another geo-based one could be people within states and then people outside the states, right, in Europe. Maybe in the U.S. you offer free shipping, so you're going to have a free shipping campaign for people in the U.S. And then outside of that, you're just going to have a normal campaign where you're not going to offer free shipping because it's more expensive to ship overseas or whatever it might be. And then I guess one or two others on the segmentation side that we're leveraging is gender-based segments. So someone's male, right? Maybe showing them the items for men on the top and then the woman's item second and then vice versa for females, right? So showing female-related items up top and then mail items below. So we've noticed just by even the order of which you show people content does has it have kind of an impact and an increase in terms of engagement. And then obviously, right, the more engagement, the more click-throughs you drive, that opens up the potential for more revenue. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. And I just want to just look at my notes from earlier. I want to jump back to the frequency thing for a sec. So it sounds like your advice overall is you should be targeting two to four emails a week over time, ramping to that level. Like when you say that, are you assuming that these are campaigns like broadcasts or are you saying two to four and that includes, you know, your flows and all that as well? Yeah. So typically what we'll do on the campaign side is we'll look at it on a monthly basis and we'll try to find that equilibrium. We mentioned about you know, some brands that can only get away sending two campaigns per week because to your point, you know, they also might receive a welcome series email or an abandoned cart email or a post-purchase email. So we, we try to limit the, the numbers of emails in total across both campaigns and flows at, at about five. Um, and typically, right, depending on how many campaigns you're sending, you know, if you're sending two or three campaigns, someone could be eligible to receive another one to two flows. So I'd say about five emails per week is probably like the upper threshold of what you want to send. You know, in some instances, in some cases, maybe you can get away with a daily email split between the two. But I think about five emails all in across flows and campaigns. So uh, flows basically is automations probably is the upper threshold. So two to four, three to five across the board should be sufficient. 
Awesome. A lot of gold here. So Chase's tips, just to recap, segment, 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 two, increase frequency. You're probably not sending enough. And three, make sure you have great pre-purchase and post-purchase automation set up. And then four, don't talk to your whole list. Focus on specific messaging to engage segments. Awesome. Chase, really good stuff in here. Jam-packed 12 minutes. Appreciate you taking the time. And where can people find more about you? Yeah, Twitter would be a great place. So my handle is ecom and then Chase Diamond. There's no A in Diamond. So it's just D-I-M-O-N-D. So ecom Chase Diamond on Twitter would be fantastic. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Chase. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great rest of your day. 